The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you've joined us, and uh, thank you so much for your comments on our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. Thank you for liking us on our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and for being part of this Spirit of Recovery community. I want to thank you as well for letting the people in your recovery community, your unity community, your friends, your family know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It's great to be broadcasting about recovery and spirituality right here on unityonlineradio.org. Thank you also for your emails, for letting me know how it's going for you in your recovery, in your spirituality, and uh, thank you so much for letting me know the difference uh, that Spirit of Recovery makes. Thank you for letting me know about how much you relate to our guests and how much they touch your heart and open up some opportunities and some thoughts for you about recovery and spirituality. Every year we have, uh, every week that is, we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community and my guests here are always people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people and uh, they're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to the Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. Uh, you can listen live. You can uh, listen via your computer. You can listen via your smart device. We've also got uh, lots of great archived programs that you can listen to on demand. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. Also, I want you to know that if you are feeling moved by Spirit of Recovery and the other many great programs that are broadcast on Unity Online Radio, you can very easily support these programs with a financial donation if you choose to do that. You can use your smartphone. You can make a one-time financial gift or a recurring financial contribution. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and know that your financial contributions support this program and all the others on Unity Online Radio. 
I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. If you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member or the family member or friend of someone that has the disease of addiction and whether you or they are are or are not in recovery, you are very welcome here. Certainly also, if you're simply curious about the process of recovery, you're looking for information, you want to hear a little more about what it's about, you're so welcome. Glad you're listening and you're welcome to uh, email or call in a comment or a question for my guest today uh, on the topic. And um, we're just grateful and glad to have you participate by listening and also in our discussions if you'd like. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has, in my own circle of love and friendship, many people that have the disease of addiction. And um, almost 34 years ago now, those relationships were a catalyst that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And my walk continues to be an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life and it keeps me growing in deeper ways and keeps me uh, building up my faith and my relationship with my higher powers. I understand my higher power as a loving, loving presence. So I am just grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, to bring you great guests, and to hear what you're experiencing on your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, our topic is putting spirit into action. Uh, we know that spirit's that power that moves us from defeat into lives of purpose. That's sure what the recovery walk is about. And as we learn to put spiritual principles into practical action, that creates needed changes in recovery. And my guest today is Lonnie Vanderslice, and she has her own uh, wonderful story, which she's going to be sharing with us today. And she is also taking that uh, now her recovery and her spirituality beyond um, what's the wonders and, and the, the gratitude in her personal life, she is sharing it through ministry. She has a, an alternative ministry um, that empowers recovering homeless women by providing practical applications of unity and recovery principles. Lonnie is a third-year student in the Masters of Divinity program at Unity Institute, and she is anticipating her graduation and ordination in June of 2015, so not too much longer. Lonnie's also a person in long-term recovery, and she also co-owns the business We've Gotcha Covered, and it's W-E-A-V-E, Gotcha Covered. And you can look up uh, more about that business and find out more about what um, Lonnie's, uh, what she'll be telling us today about her ministry at we'vegotyoucovered.com. And uh, We've Got You Covered is a 100 Jobs Program participant. That's a program in the Kansas City area. And again, Lonnie, you'll be telling us more about that today. And uh, you can also look up, a, there was a recent front page article in the Kansas City Star that featured um, Lonnie and uh, her ministry and the We've Got You Covered business. And uh, it's in the Kansas City Star and the News Business Workplace section. And I'll invite you to go to the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page to get the whole link for that. It's a pretty lengthy link. And I think you'd be better served if you go to Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and you can click through and um, 
read it's a fantastic article with great pictures and we're going to hear a lot about all this today so Lonnie welcome to spirit of recovery well thank you Anna I'm really glad to be here today yes thank you go ahead I'm just going to say it's pretty exciting to be able to to share this how uh, how all of these things are starting to unfold yeah it's it's great stuff and I appreciate you Lonnie um contacted me because she knew about the work that I was doing in unity and recovery and so somehow in this great network she found me and I and then I said hey you got to be on my program so she graciously agreed I said <laughs> anybody that calls me you better look out so I'm, I'm really really glad that uh, that you're here today so Lonnie would you tell us a little bit to start off with about your story of recovery sure I'm a long-term person as you mentioned in recovery uh, it'll will be 24 years this fall. And so, um, you know, I, I reached that place of what they call incomprehensible demoralization um, earlier in my life when I was um, seeking, 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 and not finding. And as, um, as I learned later in the programs, 12-step programs, and in Unity in particular, it was seeking outside of myself and not knowing to look inside of myself. For this connection with this this uh, higher power, with this greater good, and so I spent a lot of years doing all the right things, um, you know, working working the steps, working the programs, helping others, uh, passing it on as best I could, um, and feeling helpless and hopeless. That is this all there is? Is this as good as it gets? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happened for you when you, and I think that happens really, frankly, for a lot of people in recovery, is there's something that it's good, people are doing the work, they need to do that, and yet somehow it feels like there can be some kind of an em- emptiness or there's like, mm, there's some missing piece here somewhere. Well, I found that for me there were several missing pieces, and of course they unfolded slowly. Um, I hit another bottom at about three years in when I found that I was still trying to earn my way um, into being good or, you know, being uh, worthy and um, of, of having this thing called recovery. And so I hit another bottom, at which point I then for, fully uh, surrendered to, to the need to, um, to grasp the, the whole program and not just the behaviors around it. And so um, I went along for about six or seven years like that, and, and I was getting more depressed, and I was not finding what I needed uh, again, doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, all the right things. But I got a new sponsor who uh, introduced me to yet another 12-step program that kind of turned the corner for me. And this was because the tools were used um, to look at, at my recovery, at my life, at my priorities from an entirely different angle. I was sharing earlier with somebody um, last night, actually, that it's like looking at a carpet one, one way, you're looking at the carpet from the top side, and you can get that all cleaned up and everything, but if you pick the carpet up on the bottom side, it's still pretty grungy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this other program assisted me in, in cleaning up the back side of the carpet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, makes a lot of difference, I think, doesn't it? It's like maybe more uh, a sense of, of looking deeper or maybe looking at places where there's more vulnerability in your life. Or how would you describe that? Well, I think it did because it was. I was trying to become healthy or um, 
whole from the outside in when I was working the first program. And when I got into the second program, it was like I I had to be able to get into the inside of the vessel and see what was there. And I was not um, able to do that with the way that I understood the tools from, from the first program. For example, uh, prayer and meditation. You know, um, I got a different understanding of that, and it made all the difference in the world. And it was not long after I got into the second program that I was introduced to unity and to unity principles. And um, in getting some advanced training, I'll put it that way, uh, in the in the classes that I was taking and in the services that I was attending, I started to get this glimmer that things could be different, that there was more, much more than what I had been receiving at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is it more in, in terms of your relationship with your higher power or with yourself or, or something else? I think it was actually both because I was still, I think, holding my relationship with myself at arm's length, um, judgmentally, um, evaluating the, um, I should be better than this, you know, at this point, <laughs> those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as opposed to accepting where I was, who I was, what I was, um, and, and just being okay with it. I was trying to be okay with it, but I wasn't okay with it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a very long process for me to come to acceptance, um, of my humanness, of my journey, of the path that I was on, of the mistakes that I make, of the, of the things that I do well. Um, you know, coming to accept all of that. And of, of course that continued as soon as I got into school. Right, into ministerial school. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, when you're talking, Lonnie, it, uh, how I, what I'm hearing is, is learning to love yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can hear those words, and I don't know how to do it. You know, and I, I can remember sitting in meetings for years saying, I don't know, you know, you ask me what love is, I know what it's not. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but I know what it is not. And that, for me, has been uh, a large part of my experience in recovery is I know what it's not, you know, and it's because I fell in a hole or I made a mistake or I discovered I don't want to do that again, whatever it is, and so I move away from it. But it was a very, very long time before I before I realized that I had quit looking back, moving away from these things and started looking forward and moving toward toward these things, toward mm-hmm. these um, these healing and, and wholesome places. Um, and it was about, you know, I have to say it's about the time that I think that fear left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, that, that whole idea of, of fear and love in a sense of being opposites or that fear can, can block love. So it, it makes sense that as you're moving towards I'm, I'm gonna, this is my word, more loving experiences or nurturing experiences that you, that some of that fear began to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had to unlearn an awful lot of things, as I think many people do, you know, um, as I mentioned, all the things that love is not, manipulation, mm-hmm. control, scorekeeping, you know, things of that nature, um, and, and learn allowing. I think that was probably one of my biggest lessons is to learn to allow whatever is to unfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of feeling like you got to push it or yes, or push another person or push yourself or something like that. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Or push yeah. the door open, whatever the door is. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole thing about I sometimes heard in recovery circles about if the doors uh, shut, don't go try to knock it down. <laughs> well, why not? No. <laughs> yeah, look for the window. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Well, you know, as you're talking, uh, Lonnie, it's making me uh, think and, and see even more deeply than just from what, you know, from what I had read about your your work with the women. This whole concept of self-acceptance, I can see, I think, how you are probably just are such a wonderful connection and such a wonderful bridge with the women that you're working with in your ministry. Well, I do feel like I can identify with them. I may not have been all the places they've been or had all the same experiences that they have had when you look at them from the outside, but I think that our um, our inner landscape is very similar, um, you know, and and. You know, when one person talks to another in recovery, you can pretty much, you know, read one another pretty easily. And when you see that light come on in their eyes, that they they get it, that you get them. Mm -hmm. And they understand the language that you use to describe the way they feel that they don't have words for. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, then, then there's hope. You know, it ignites hope. And that they, too, can can go on one more day or try one more time or make one more phone call or put in one more job application or uh, learn one more skill mm-hmm. that they don't have to give up. Right. Yeah, so it is. It's about that process of connection, that process, like you said, of, of feeling like somebody gets you, knows who you are, um, that you're not living in some cave somewhere Mm -hmm. well and i think a big piece of it is accepting and loving people where they are Uh, for a long time i wanted the people that i worked with to rise to my level of expectation and Mm -hmm. not make mistakes and do better than that whatever the that was that they the mistake they just made but i have come to understand that this whole thing is a process and it unfolds according to their life's journey not mine and that I can accept them and love them and support them and nurture them where they are on their path without it having to look like my path. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's a biggie. That's a big spiritual leap. I, it's, it's great. I think, boy, that's a big one to, to work toward for sure. Not to say that I'm not disappointed sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah. But, you know, that's just that's the human part. So, but, you know, I, I share my story. And I know that we're um, going into a break here shortly, but I share my story with people because I got into to the program and then my life fell apart. I was not mm-hmm. one of those that my life fell apart before I got there. I got into the program and then my life fell apart and I was diagnosed with cancer and I lost my job and I went through bankruptcy and my parents passed on and just et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Relationships disintegrated, um, you know, financial woes. All the things that people talk about before they get to the program usually happen to me afterwards. And so mm-hmm. it, it was one of these just plodding through it. I got through it. You can get through it. And That's right. I, I didn't have to chalk it up to all the dumb stuff I did while I was out there. It it happened when I was working hard. In That's recovery. right. 
Yeah, that's, and that's a valuable place to be, and we'll talk about that. It is time for a break, but we will talk about that for sure when we come back from break. If you, uh, our, my guest today is Lonnie Vanderslice, and we're talking about putting spirit into action. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is putting spirit into action. My guest is Lonnie Vanderslice. I'm Anna Schaus. I'm your host. And today we're talking about how to put the power of spirituality into practical action. And Lonnie, my guest, is a third-year ministerial student, a Master's of Divinity program at Unity Institute. She's anticipating ordination and graduation this June. She's also a person in long-term recovery, and she co-owns We've Got You Covered, which is a 100 Jobs program participant in the Kansas City area. And she's working in a ministry, uh, her ministry, with homeless women who have just gotten out of treatment who are in recovery and uh, working with them on spirituality and spiritual growth and recovery and also um, working with them in, in practical ways with jobs with We've Got You Covered. So um, Lonnie's also been sharing with us about her recovery, and we'll be um, talking some more about that and about her ministry here in just a moment. Before we get back to our conversation, I invite you to join me in a brief moment of the Serenity Minute. Join me in a brief moment of meditation and relaxation and uh, enjoying a constructive idea, and then we'll take a moment in the silence. So I do invite you to relax, to feel that presence of God relaxing you from the very crown of your head. And feel that relaxation as it moves throughout your body temple. And share with me this constructive idea. I am a beloved child of God. 
I am beloved expression of the love and the life that is this beautiful universe. I accept myself exactly as I am. I am a beautiful child of God. I am a beautiful expression of the love and life of this universe. I am loved exactly as I am. And now we take a moment in the quiet. joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to make conscious contact with your higher power as you understand your higher power and that you do know that you are loved. And so now we're back to my conversation with my guest, Lonnie Vanderslice, and we're talking about putting spirit into action. You can learn uh, more about Lonnie's work at we'vegotyoucovered.com, and that's W-E-A-V-E-G-O-T-C-H-A-C-O-V-E-R-E-D, we'vegotyoucovered.com. Also, please go to the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page, and you can find the link to the um, Kansas City Star article that's very recent. It was a front-page article um, about We've Got You Covered and about the 100 Jobs Program and the work um, that Lonnie is doing. So, um, back to my conversation with, with Lonnie. Lonnie, you were telling us before the break how um, part of your story and your recovery journey is that a, a lot of things fell apart for you once you actually were already in recovery and really working a good program, being faithful to that. Um, but because a lot of different things happened for you, 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 it caused you to look a little deeper, look maybe a lot deeper, and maybe look Look at, as you were saying earlier, look at the car, look at the uh, program from a new angle and find out more stuff about yourself. Yes, it absolutely did. Um, you know, I was, uh, at that point, this was about 10 years ago, I was on disability. I was not expected to work again. I had had several major depressive episodes. And I was um, pretty much thinking that all I was going to do was sit in a meeting hall for the rest of my life and do the best I could. And I met the woman that's now my wife that um, had, she had lost everything in the economic downturn after 9-11. And so she said, well, you know how to sew, and I've got people coming in all the time at the job that she had that need somebody to make stuff for them. Why don't you do that? (laughs) I said, I don't want to do that. (laughs) But she taught me how to say yes when the door opens to walk through it. And so we began this little partnership where we would start um, pretty much making what anybody wanted us to make in terms of draperies or tablecloths or, you know, we mended some clothing. We had one guy want us to make a tent for him. You know, it took a while. This is one of these, our, our company now is um, one of those overnight sensations that took 10 years to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we we started doing that and pretty soon we needed help. And so my sister, one of my younger sisters um, decided that she would join us. She, too, had had been in a situation where she could not work a traditional job and was looking for a little extra money, so she joined us. 
pretty soon we signed on um, a major retailer to do wholesale work for them. And pretty soon we had narrowed the market to where we were we were pretty much manufacturing uh, out of our basement. We were manufacturing bedding and, and pillows and draperies and window coverings, you know, not at a real high rate of speed at this point. But as other women heard that we were hiring somebody for these part-time hours or these non-traditional hours, people that had children that they had special needs and they couldn't work a regular job, for example, or that had a disability themselves or were home caring for an elderly parent or what have you. That's how we started managing our workforce, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and so it was um, after a while we started thinking, well, you know, we've got some leftover pieces and parts from all of these jobs that we do that, you know, the scraps that aren't really worth worth uh, doing anything with, but, it, you know, we don't like to waste things. And so we've got this box of them. I wonder if we can find people that can make things. And so we were started looking around for uh, 501c3s that we might be able to donate scrap fabric and such to where the women could learn a skill and they could, could make something themselves and sell it like, you know, um, I don't know, on eBay or whatever. And that did not come to fruition for years. So we just let the fabric stack up. But in the meanwhile, all of the other pieces started coming together. Uh, my partner invited us to, to go to a Unity Church. She said, well, maybe this this is a, a good place to go, which opened the doors for me. My recovery took off when I started learning how to properly use my powers. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we started uh, gaining more business. We started getting referrals. We started needing more help. And at uh, one point, Kelly was at a, um, let's see, what was, oh, Central Exchange here in Kansas City. That's a business women's organization and um, saw a presentation by Sister Berta. And it was the, the city that no one sees. And it's a bus tour. It's a bus tour that, go to, that goes to the homeless shelters and other places around Kansas City, the places that you don't ever see, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they stopped at both Operation Breakthrough and at Amethyst Place, which are both, um, you know, Sister Berta was a founder of, of each of those places. And one of the women would get on the bus and would talk about their life and the struggles that they had and the challenges that they faced. And then they'd get off and go down to the next stop, and, and the same thing would happen there. And when that happened and Kelly came home, she said, we have found our ministry. This is it. Because mm-hmm. this is a place where people... Because Sister Berta said, who can give these women a job? You know, we can hire somebody. We've been hiring somebodies. We just, you know, had it's been the luck of the draw who, who walked in our door. But um, now these women are putting their lives back together. They get their GED. They get their their um, entrance in, you know, the exams in so that they can get into Penn Valley College. They go through drug courts and clean up what they need to clean up there. They get their children back. They're given an apartment they live in, and now they start learning to have a clean and sober life, and now they need a job. And so we said, we can do this, and that's how that ministry was born. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So how long have you been engaged in this then? It's been about a year and a half, I think that we've been Mm -hmm. involved with that program. We employ 11 women right now, four of which are from that jobs program. Mm -hmm. And you moved 
Is this correct that you moved your business from North Kansas City down into the area where it's walkable almost for these women to get there? Yes, is that we did. correct? Yes, uh-huh. yes, we did. Our business is is um, not a robbable business. It's not something that it matters. You know, uh, we don't have cash and stuff like that. And so we're down there just um, down by Children's Mercy Hospital and by Truman Medical Center, which is uh, in the area on the Truce Corridor that is up and coming. It's being renovated there's a new housing going in there, and while it has a bad name because, you know, of history and everything, it's not a bad place to be. And it's about three blocks from where these women live. Mm-hmm. We can do our business anywhere. So we said, why not there? Right. And that's a lot of what that Kansas City Star article is about, right? And that was just in a couple of weeks ago? Yes, that was two Sundays ago. That's fantastic. Yeah. So again, I hope people will go to the Spirit of Recovery page and click on that link and, and you'll find that article. Um, tell us some, so these are women in recovery. They're women that are homeless, but they've just, they've been to treatment. They're in recovery now. They're rebuilding their sober and clean lives, as you say. Yes. Tell us some highlights of this ministry. What's, again, we want to, of course, preserve their own confidentiality and anonymity, but in general, what are some highlights? What if, what's happening? When somebody comes in who has the belief system that they can't do anything right, that they uh, can't be trusted, that they um, are of no value, and you see uh, the look in their eyes when they are uh, greeted with a hug or you know, given a place at the table with everybody else, an equal voice is heard, they're given a key to the front door, it's just you can't even imagine that. And they rise to the level that you expect from them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a management principle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and people will rise to what you expect from them. You treat them with dignity and honor and respect, and that's what we get back. And, and it's not even about that. They bloom. They blossom. Um, you know, part of the challenge for them is that... Their survival instincts are well-developed, well-developed right. from living on the street. But their social social instincts are not as well-developed, and n- neither are the planning um, uh, types of executive functions. And so those are the kinds of things that they struggle with that we can help with. Uh, for example, we, we got planners for each of them, and, and we sit down and we plan what what. When is this uh, child care closed? When is it open? How does that affect your work hours? When are you going to school? So do you think you can do this many hours or not? We have a very flexible um, attendance policy uh, where mm-hmm. we, we walk through it with them and they decide how many hours a week they can work. And then as long as they put their hours in, that's what we count on for production schedules. But it doesn't have to be you have to be here at 8 and at 8.05 you're late or anything right. like that. So, um, and I think to be trusted is one of the biggest things. Mm-hmm. Have, uh, have there been any situations where, because we're all human and so, you know, while we're flexible and tolerant, there may be times where people, you know, crossed a boundary or did something that really didn't work well. Has that happened? And if so, how do you handle that? How do you deal with that as a ministry and you're, you're wanting to really support people? Well, I think it's all about education. I um, one lunch and learn we sat down at, and I said to the <laughs> to the people assembled. There was about eight of us there, and I said, "Okay, how many of you got up this morning 
and said, I want to mess everything up that I touch today. They all looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and I said, I, see, I don't personally believe that anybody does that. I don't think anybody gets up and says, I'm going to see what I can mess up today. I'm going to see how much trouble I can cause. I'm going to see if I can really, you know, make so-and-so mad. Nobody does that. And so mm-hmm. I, and I, I think they thought I was mad or something because, <laughs> you know, I just, I said, so, so my starting point is you all want to do the right thing, but we make mistakes. And so this is what happened. This is a better way to handle that. What do you need for us to support you in doing it differently next time? Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that's probably pretty much of a surprise. That's probably a surprise for most people. <laughs> and I'm get to be approached that way, right? Instead of getting some kind of a punishment or yelled at or. Well, it is not the norm in, in corporate America. I'll have to say mm-hmm. that. Um, and I have to also say that with the survival instincts, the first instinct everybody has is, is, oh, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that, and that is hardwired, burned into the brains. I think at that point, and it's a it's a long time to unlearn that. But you know, we reiterate, we are not in trouble. This is an educational opportunity, and we will we will find a way to work through this. Right. That's right. That's wonderful. I'm curious, Lonnie, how is it affecting your life, your spirituality, your recovery to be um, in leadership and in ministry here and with these women and in this situation? Well, I am just absolutely thrilled. It's like I have finally found my purpose in life. I um, I got into ministerial school because I saw the power and the potential for the tools, the teachings, the principles of unity as they applied in recovery. And to my knowledge, until I contacted you, I had not run into anybody doing that kind of work. And I have also spent enough time in the rooms that I have seen Lots and lots and lots of people, miserable, still clean and sober, but miserable after 10, 12, 15, 20, 25 years clean mm-hmm. because they have not been able to, to transcend that barrier, whatever it is, and make the leap into their own, um, I don't know, their own power, I guess. Um, you know, because there's there's a real, in my opinion, and it's strictly my opinion, there's a real lid, if you will, on what I could learn in the program. I got to a point it was like I was just bumping my head against the glass ceiling there. I could not get any farther because I could not understand it in those terms in a way that would allow me to progress in my recovery. And so when I got a different language, a different approach, both through a different program and through Unity Principles, it unlocked my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you, again, uh, how would you characterize that different approach in that? I'm not asking you that, to name the program, but I mean, like, what's the, what is the perspective that made that shift for you in Unity or, or the other 12-step program? What's the difference in perspective? Well, here's an example. In the first program, if you're assisting somebody else, um, you're pretty much telling them what to do. In the second program, if you're assisting somebody else, you're pretty much saying, well, I don't know. What do you think you ought to do? And so um, going into a perspective of, of uh, gee, you mean I might be able to figure this out myself? And what do I rely on? What principles do I rely on to make this decision? And what is important to me? Have I spent time thinking about that? 
Um, and how does that unfold in my life when I do that? And is it okay for me to make mistakes while I make these decisions? Um, and will somebody still walk with me if I mess it all up? Um, mm-hmm. You know. And then when I got to to Unity Principles, and I'm a real twelve powers freak. <laughs> okay, I'll, hold on to that one. It's uh, time right. for our break. Okay. And so I can't. I want to hear this. All right. So, listeners, stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back. Our topic is putting spirit into action. My guest is Lonnie Vanderslice, who has a ministry working with uh, homeless women in recovery who are no longer homeless and supporting them with uh, spiritual principles. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you have joined us today. If you're just joining us, our topic today is putting spirit into action, and my guest is Lonnie Vanderslice. Lonnie is a third-year student in the Masters of Divinity program at Unity Institute, anticipating her graduation and ordination as a Unity minister this June. She's also a person in long-term recovery, and she co-owns the business We've Got You Covered, a 100 Jobs program participant in the Kansas City area, and Lonnie is, uh, has an alternative ministry working with women who are new in recovery, who have been homeless, who are rebuilding their lives, and she works with them to develop spiritual principles, um, interpersonal skills, and uh, job skills. So, Lonnie, before our break, you were talking with us about 
um, how you really love the 12 powers and how, in a sense, you, your continuing recovery, your deepening recovery was about finding that power within you, the power to make decisions, to um, value yourself. Tell us some more about that and, and how you're integrating unity and recovery. Well, for me, the the turning point in my recovery was when I took the 12 powers class, SEE class. I um, took it with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck, and he had us do homework, 12 weeks of homework, and each week we worked one power on one problem. We picked a problem and worked all 12 powers against it on that problem. And through that process, I understood, like, for example, with the power of faith, my ability to believe, I understood that I was believing in old ideas. Uh, a, a particular old idea, the one I was working on, was lack and limitation. And as I worked through these, the power of strength or perseverance, I was holding on. I have a great power of strength. The problem is I was holding on to the wrong old idea. And so my understanding built week after week after week about how I was um, using these powers in a way that did not serve me well. They had served me in my survival and in, and in getting as far as I had. In fact, that was probably why I was still in recovery was because of that power of strength. But I learned that there were deeper um, um, subconscious belief systems that that needed to be rooted out, and I did not find the tools in the 12-step program to do that, but I found with uh, Unity's tools and principles that I could get under those and, and root those out. And that's, that's the class in which my life changed. I felt something mm-hmm. click about the seventh week, and, and it has not been the same since. Wow, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Um, you're, you're excited, I know, because uh, as you're developing in, in Unity what we call an alternative ministry, which just means a ministry somehow outside the, the church walls, one way or the other, working with, with people in some other way, you're excited, you said, about opening the doors for in some broader ways as you work with other, to help other people develop alternative ministries and, and so forth. Tell us more about that, how you want to open the doors more. more. Well, it's, it's, um, you know, I have a special affinity for those that are in recovery. And a lot of people in recovery are kind of church adverse. And so my thought was, okay, how am I going to get this information to them? How can we make, make uh, these tools available to people that might not seek them inside the walls of the church? And so I, um, approached, uh, UWM, Unity Worldwide Ministries, about, uh, working with them to, to get these ideas out there, and in the course of doing so, I've uh, been allowed through some of my classwork to to um, map, do some mapping of ideas. For example, the spiritual principles between the twelve step programs and and some of the unity principles that help people understand the universality and the a way to connect the dots. It's developing a communication tool and a language, if you will, and um, and and additional tools. Um, you know, one of the things that I found is that uh, in a 12-step program, it's very easy to take the, the first step, powerless over my addiction, whatever it is, and extrapolate it to I'm powerless over my life. And that is absolutely not the truth. You know, sometimes if somebody has done that, there's a general sense that this person is powerless over most of their life and they they sink into that despair and helplessness that I was in. That's where I was. And so instead of taking responsibility for the decisions of my life, I kind of gave up, you know, Mm -hmm. even in recovery. And so developing a way to to bring these 
tools in that that help somebody understand, in particular the 12 powers, that, that we have God-given powers. We may be powerless over a particular situation, a particular biochemical reaction or what have you, but we are not powerless over all aspects of our lives. I think is hugely important. And for me, it's not about the channel. It's about getting the message out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ideas that you, you're developing about how to do that, about how to open the doors? Well, one of them is what we've been doing with, um, with our workforce is that we'll have a lunch and learn and we'll talk about, um, we talked about, um, what, what, what we believe in the power of faith, for example. Or we'll talk about uh, the power of strength, perseverance, and not giving up. We'll talk about those powers, and they're not in language that you would hear necessarily in a unity church. But we would talk about those those powers in a way that they can understand from their frame of reference how they can use those in a more positive manner in their own life. Um, you know that, and and it ties into the the five principles when we talk about co-creating with God. You know, that, that what mm-hmm. we think about grows. You know, that's the simple version. If you think about it, it grows. So what are you thinking about? What are you, what are you holding on to? What are you entertaining? What are you, you know, uh, our thoughts or prayers? What are you praying about? And when people start understanding that, that they have this power that is kind of like running loose, attaching to whatever runs in front of them, and that if they can direct it and control it, that they have a higher degree of success in their life um, and, and peace and joy and love and compassion and gratitude. You know, I mean, lives change because of those things. Right. Have you seen, what do you see happening with the women that you're working with as, as you, uh, you know, bring these ideas and talk about it? And I know, I'm sure you really live it with them as, as you've talked about before, really put it, put feet to those um, discussions. What happens for them? Do they did they seem to to like oh my goodness and realize themselves in new ways? Well, a lot of what we work on are boundaries, and a lot of what we work on are have to do with self confidence um, and reinforcing those things. Because if you think about it, the way that they interact, all of them have kids, and that's where they practice. Not because we say go home and practice, but when you learn something new, that's where that's the environment that they have in which they can interact and and uh, and and learn these things. Over the Christmas break, we we did one about energy, about how attention uh, or energy flows where attention goes, mm-hmm. and we used the um, E squared. Gosh, I wish I'd written her name down. Um, the E squared book. Mm-hmm. There's an there's a uh, an exercise in that. They could not believe it. They started paying a lot more attention to where their attention went when we did this experiment and they could see that that they could see the wires move when they moved their eyes to the left or to the right. It was mm-hmm. one of the experiments in the book. And they could see that this is not just hocus pocus, that where you direct your energy affects the energy bands around your body and that it is a palpable measurable, visible thing, um, you know, and, and people started changing their behavior because of that. Oh, that's great. I know another uh, program that you're working with, Lonnie, that you're um, expressing leadership in is the Living Serenity program that you're doing through a Unity Church in Kansas City. What's that about? Tell us about it. Well, this is um, the brainchild of our senior minister, Myra McFadden, and 
she has for some time now wanted to offer something to the recovering community and their families in the Northland. Um, it's the only church, Unity Church north of the river in Kansas City. It's Unity of Kansas City North. And so she's, over the last several months, she and another student and I, Anthony Phillips, and I have been working together to put put together a service that um, bridges the gap. I'll put it that way. Bridges. It's not a meeting, but you'll hear some of the same language or concepts, uh, perhaps, in the talks when we're talking about the, the particular principles, yet it has many, many elements of a service that is nurturing, that is supportive, that um, teaching moments, you know, that to deepen in, in meditation, for example. So it's, um, it's kind of like an in-between service, and it's on Sunday evenings at 6.30 and uh, for the next 10 weeks. We had a congregant that was particularly interested in seeing this get off the ground that um, assisted us with that. And so I'm really excited about that. We're doing a rotation as far as speakers. And, mm-hmm. it, and it will be hosted on our website. Uh, the audio will be, um, I think it takes a day or two afterwards for the links to be put up. But it'll, the podcast will be on the, on the Unity of Kansas City North's website for anybody that wants to, to see that. At, like many Unity churches, we have 12-step groups that meet, and we have an active population within the community. And so this was a, a way to reach out to those people and their families. There's an awful lot of recovery activities that people don't get to do with their families, and this was aimed at being a um, something that would be unifying and healing for everybody to participate in together. Yeah, that's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, making that connection for sure with uh, with unity principles, with the recovery principles, and and uh, helping re- people in recovery know they're welcome. You know, you said something interesting earlier about uh, that people in recovery can sometimes be church averse, mm-hmm. and um, you know, one thing sometimes that can happen doesn't always happen is that they wonder if people in re- they wonder if people in recovery sometimes wonder if they're welcome in church. Have you found that? Um. Yes, yes, but I think those kind of things are expressed outside of the church more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, well, I, last church I was in, I got thrown out of. You know, those kinds of things, <laughs> those kind mm-hmm. of comments. And and then it, it gets tied into their concept of their higher power. And, and like, you know, many people, I had to lose my concept of, of the higher power that I had when I first got into recovery because it was one that had been imposed from the outside or given to me, and it was the only one that I that I had and mm-hmm. I had to um, it was it's a step two thing I had to come to believe in the, my own higher power which was quite quite a process um, you know and there are still some days when what I know for sure is there is a God period mm-hmm. right <laughs> that's enough right <laughs> and that's it yeah, absolutely that is enough you know yeah. and and uh, I don't need all the theology and the explanations and everything else and and what I learned in in uh, the program is there is a loving God, period. Okay, I can go with that. And if we can start with that place with people that feel like they might not be welcome in church and they can make that connection, that, that that's what we connect with, then I think that they have a better chance of, of feeling like they can participate than if they walk into language that reminds them of their, of their childhood um, gotcha God. Mm-hmm. 
That's fantastic. Um, it, we're almost at the end of our time, but uh, Lonnie, you, thank you so much for what, it's just fantastic what you're doing. What do you see as the future uh, of your ministry, bringing together uh, recovery and unity principles? What do you, how, do, how would you see that? Well, <laughs> the quote from Myrtle Fillmore comes to mind. You question my theology? It's rather eclectic. Doesn't I have it right to be? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't see a single path. I see a path that may include some teaching, that may include some, um, some giving some talks. It may include a, a piece of a ministry within a church. It may include a lot of feet on the ground in the streets kind of thing. I am not, you know, and I, and, I'm committed to the social action ministry that we have with the business that we have and assisting others. The state of Missouri does not yet have that uh, B Corp model that allows that um, to allows it to be structured that way. But, you know, I'm committed to seeing that that happens with more people. We have a lot, a lot of interest in that. A lot of people are interested in how do you do this? I want to help. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to make a difference in the world. People want to make a difference. Yeah. Well, Lonnie, thank you truly for making a difference, and uh, thank you for what you're doing. Again, you can learn more about what Lonnie Vanderslice is doing if you go to um, we'vegotyoucovered.com or if you go to the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page, and you can see the link to the Kansas City Star article. And um, uh, thanks so much, Lonnie, for again, for what you're doing, and thanks for being my guest, and all good for you. Just see it expanding. Thanks for, for being in. Being well, thank in you. The I'm in. Right. You're <laughs> in. And thank you all for listening. Uh, I have a wonderful week and know that um, God is in, with you and within you and that all is well. We'll be back next week here on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it. 
and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.